Okay, live again. Today we are talking about intimacy and resilience. And there is an intimate relationship between intimacy and resilience that I'm only just discovering. You know, I've done a lot of work on building resilience in children under traumatic situations. And I'm currently working around how do we build intimacy in relationships. Now, intimacy, as we talked about last week, has four, maybe five basic cornerstones that it's built on. And that's honesty, communication, self-awareness, trust. And I would add caring to it. Now, some people lump caring and trust together, but I think they're actually separate topics. Now, resilience, on the other hand, is built on self-awareness, so there's matching there. It's built on our sense of our uniqueness in the world. It's built on our place, like, are you, uh, let's go back to uniqueness, a unique fit in the world, like what are, we, what are we best built for? It's built on habits, then uh, their habits, and actually they have this in common, Intimacy and resilience both require building certain habits. And we're gonna talk about the relationship between these two things. And what I have never talked about in terms of resilience is, I'm coming to believe that there has to be intimacy present for resilience to happen. You know, a lot of times we think about resilience as being the terminator or die hard with a vengeance. You know, these sort of bigger than life movie characters but for someone to have the kind of drive that one of those people has and for them to have the habits to be in the condition they need to be to be resilient under the circumstances that they're resilient under, there had to at one point in their life be some intimacy. And it's something we don't talk about much. I mean, intimacy is almost the, a taboo word Maybe because when we talk about intimacy, what do you think about? People think about sex or men think about sex when you talk about intimacy. I recently talked to a friend of mine about doing a joint event. I'm doing an event, actually. I'm doing an intimacy workshop that will benefit Lendahan, Uganda. And the workshop is a relaxed, fun, wine and cheese party for couples. It's going to happen September 22nd at 2 p.m., Go to bit.ly forward slash fun with intimacy to register, or go to bit.ly forward slash give and gain to learn more about the, the event. So I'm doing it with Lendahan Uganda, and I was telling the founder of Lendahan Uganda about it, and she was like, Well, God, I mean, aren't people going to think intimacy and just associate it with her? You know, and this, so there's a lot of that out there. There's a lot of intimacy is about touch and sex, but it's not. Intimacy is the experience that a mother and child experience together. That's a very intimate relationship. A child nursing, incredibly intimate experience for both participants. Intimacy is that experience uh, that children have with their parents when they're talking about something that's very important to them and the parents are listening intently and really being present for them. That's intimacy as well. And resilience is built in these situations as well. Resilience and intimacy 
are very interrelated. Intimacy can also be the experience that two people have in a relationship, but it starts with feeling safe enough that they can just touch one another and there's no mistaking that for a demand. Or intimacy can be talking about your innermost fears and knowing that that person won't laugh at them. Intimacy can be sharing your wildest dreams and knowing that that person has your back and is there for you. Intimacy can be communicated with a word. Listen, my dog snorting over there. He doesn't think much of intimacy. Or it can be communicated with many sentences. But I think actually intimacy is more experienced with less words and more just being together. And resilience in, ch in children is built on an intimate relationship. If you're a child who never experiences intimacy, you're less likely to trust someone enough to allow them into your life. And resilience in children is built on not only self-awareness and self-acceptance, not only on knowing your place in the world, but also it's built on the knowledge that somebody cares and, and can teach you how to take appropriate risks, that somebody cares and can teach you um, values and principles. And to learn values and principles from someone, there needs to be a level of intimacy that occurs, a level of trust, a kind of communication, a certain level of self-acceptance and acceptance of the other person. So those qualities of intimacy are very key. In fact, I'm, as I'm speaking, reformulating how I think about resilience. All right, so let's start with building intimacy. I told you I'm going to have this event, so I don't want to give away all the secrets before we have the event. But some ways that intimacy is built is think about when you first start falling in love with someone. How, do, how did you build intimacy with that person? You built it by thinking about their needs and being present to them. You built it by being very careful about how and when you joked with the other person. You built it by putting a lot of care and consideration into your communications with them. You built it by being loving and kind and gentle. And somehow out of that soup came the experience of falling in love, which we all know is a short-term experience of two to three, short-term experience of two to three years, right? But intimacy was built on that platform. And even though the falling in love part might pass, which actually might, will pass, the intimacy can still be present. And I think the mistake that a lot of couples make is when the falling in, in love part diminishes, because it's really a limited time experience, they, yeah, I'll show you some, I'm going to show you some intimacy. <laughs> I can't get this guy to chill out for this thing. When the bottom falls out on falling in love, which is inevitable, studies show it happens for everyone in two to three years, they mistake that for a drop in intimacy and they don't know what the next stage is. Some people are addicted to that falling in love stage, but it is particularly important as the falling in love part drops out, that we start 
taking some of the things that build resilience in our lives and build intimacy. A way that we do that is by being, just like when we were falling in love, being super attentive to the needs and concerns of our partner. By when you sit down with them, here's, here's an exercise that's working really well for my clients. When you sit down with your partner, instead of launching into a whole story about how your day was, ask them what was best about their day. And then listen. And when they're done, then they may ask you what was best about your day, and they may not. And if they don't, feel free to tell them what was best about your day. But start out any conversation where you've both been off doing your individual tasks, jobs, missions in life with what was really good for you. This is going to do two things. Number one, it's going to give that, them that experience again when you were dating of having your complete attention, but really important, it's also gonna start them on the positives. And starting on the positives is huge. What tends to happen in committed relationships is both people come home or one person comes home or right now we're all home, we get off of a Zoom call together and we go, oh, what a day. I'm totally zoomed out and we go right into the negative. And that negativity carries through into our relationship with one another sometimes. So what we want to do is we want to set the emotional tone for our time together by launching into the positives. Now that doesn't mean you don't talk about the negatives, but it means you set the tone for the conversations by starting out with what was positive. And from there, if you go into the negatives, you can bring it back to the wins of the day. So if we start with the negative, we can just spiral down, 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 down. If we start with the positive, we may come down, but we can always bring it back up. And our brains actually, when we start with positive, our brain actually follow, our mind follows that lead. Like unconsciously, we actually follow that need, that lead. Another strong tip would be if you're feeling like you're not getting your physical needs met. Instead of focusing all the time on how you're not getting your, and I'm talking about sex here, let's be blunt. If, we, if you feel like you're not having enough sex or if you feel like you're only being used for sex, the next step would be to like pull the plug on that thought process. Positive sexual interaction is based on intimacy, not on physical need, right? We know that people can have totally non-intimate sex, right? That's what, that's what uh, paid sex is about. It's, a, it's about a totally non-intimate experience, just fulfilling a physical need. In a partnership, in a loving relationship, you do not want to disconnect intimacy from the physical experience because when what makes that relationship unique and special is the intimacy and so if you find yourself if you're a guy or a woman and you find yourself going to this place of my needs aren't being met what's wrong with you why aren't you why aren't you interested anymore just let go of that loop because it's not that the other person's not interested anymore and the demand shows up as something that's unattractive to them so if you want to build intimacy in that area, start with just touching without any expectation. 
rub their neck, go to sleep. Cuddle, go to sleep. Um, in the course of the day, make sure that anytime you say goodbye, that you kiss one another, even if it's just a mwah, kiss one another. Or if you already mwah, maybe you want to do something a little more. Maybe you want to hug. It, hug at least, at least once a day, a serious hug. Just start building the physical contact with no demand. Even if it's just as a ritual, even if it feels hollow at first, do it. Because that physical contact triggers feelings, it triggers hormones, it triggers so much in both of you. It's going to trigger so much in both of you. And part of having intimacy when you're making love, when you're having sex, making the difference between having sex and making love is th that you're building that, that intimate touch in your daily experience without any expectation. So that's tip number two. I didn't even know I was going to be doing tips today. Do I have a third tip for you? A third tip would be to do gentle acts of kindness for your partner. I, I think actually what I'm doing right now is I'm pulling from the five love languages. So there might be two, three more tips after this. So uh, an act of kindness might be, um, I like to put cream on my hands and feet when I go to sleep at night. And my wife every now and then offers me her feet. And I am learning now to just take her feet sometimes because she likes it and appreciates it. So that could be uh, an act of touch and it also could be just sort of an act of service. Uh, I know she also appreciates it if I do the laundry unexpectedly, oddly, particularly if she's got some clothes that no one is supposed to do but her because they're not supposed to go in the dryer. But if I do those and hang those up for her, she really loves that. It really makes it, and she thanks me for it. So acts of service, very much appreciated without any expectation of anything in return. Let me really drive this home. You need to do these things because you love the other person, not because you're looking for nookie. Or if you're looking for nookie, don't expect it to come anytime soon. Um, another thing you can do is buy gifts. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a big lover of gifts, but some people really love gifts. Now, the next time that you're at the grocery store, buy an orchid for them or bring back uh, something that, a food they really like or uh, any kind of small gift. And again, do it without expecting anything in return. So we've had touch, we've had acts of service, we've had gifts, um, words of encouragement. Speak words of encouragement to your partner. Tell them how great they're doing, how wonderful you think they're doing, always without expecting anything in return. And the last thing would be spend special time with them occasionally. So that whole thing of the goodbye hug or the goodbye kiss, that could be a moment of special time. But it might be that they're really struggling with something and maybe you just need to like close your laptop and say, all right, I'm here for you. Like, let them know that you're setting aside something you're doing for yourself. Not like, all right, I'm gonna set this aside for you because I'm so good. But the way that you do it is, hey, all right, I get it. You need, to, you need some quality time. I'm here. I'll get back to this later, like that. The emphasis being on, on their need. Those are also the five love languages. And most people, when they're dating, by the way, engage in all five love languages. Now, if you're interested in the five love languages, Google it. 
because there's a test you can take out there and you can find out what your top two love languages are and get your partner to go and find out what their top two love languages are because then you could probably dump at least three of those because there's usually only two that really rings their bell. These are ways that you can start to build intimacy and trust. Now, and I think the last thing is work on trigger management, right? We all have triggers and in relationships where the falling in love part has fallen out, very often we fall back into patterns of being triggered that go back to our childhood even and really are not the fault of our spouse. The, the thing you can do there is start practicing meditation and or mindfulness and or prayer on a regular basis. That's gonna start taking you to a part of your brain that is observing more. And as the triggers go off, you're gonna say, whoa, wait a minute, I'm triggered. I need to reboot. So those are your intimacy tips, but there's so much more to this. Like it's literally, the tips are literally the tip of the iceberg. And if you're having a serious intimacy problem, using these tips is like putting a Band-Aid on a bleeding artery. Like if you've been locked up at home for five, four or five months, like we all have, and your marriage has really got a lot of conflict in it, these things are gonna help a little bit, but it's not gonna stop fighting. Um, it's not gonna stop conflict. And it may be that you need some help with conflict management. So reach out to me at richinrelationship.com or direct message me or wherever you're seeing or hearing this. Um, contact me at rich at richinrelationship.com is my email. Or come to the event that I was mentioning, the intimacy event, where you can, you, that's a chance to hang out with other couples. Intimacy actually can be engendered by spending time with other couples also who share your values and share your interests. There's a certain intimacy to that as well. And then there's all kinds of things you can do. There are exercises you can do involving food and things like that that might be, that are, uh, that might be very innocent or there might be things that are a little less innocent that are gonna, if you're looking to build more physical intimacy will really help. I mean, it's, it's, it's it requires consistent attention though. Just like resilience is built on practices, resilience is built on touching your values on a regular basis. Resilience is based on mindfulness exercise. Resilient is based on physical, caring for yourself physically. If you want your body to be physically resilient, you put energy into it and build up muscles. You build up your intimacy muscles through constant interaction and constant work. So my suggestion would be take one of these things and work at it. And then after 30 days, take another thing and work at it. This is how we build new habits. If you try and build 16 new habits at once, the whole structure just burns down. So don't expect your intimacy to go from zero to 60 overnight. Expect to go from zero to one and maybe from zero to five. And then what one day, month or two into building your intimacy practices, you're gonna go, oh my God, this is the most intimate lovemaking I've had in this relationship since I don't know when. And it'll be like, it'll feel like a breakthrough moment, but in fact, it'll be the result of building all those other intimate moments into your daily practice. Just like one day you'll be confronted 
with a situation that requires you to be really resilient and bounce back. It could be losing a job. It could be the death of a loved one. And you will reap all the months, if not years, of things that you've been doing to build that resilience in yourself. And that's how children recover also. Okay, I've talked long enough. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week.